Hello everyone, whoever's out there, welcome to episode 7 of Talking Like No One Is Listening. And I'm your host, Michael Friedman, and it's been a while, um, got a little bit distracted, off track, and hopefully we'll be back to the regular every two week release of a new episode, just working on confirming guests for episode eight, stay tuned, it's a big surprise. Anyhow, today uh, we, I am talking with Michael Jasuk. He's a uh, serial entrepreneur, has started uh, several businesses including Spectrum Health and Wellness. Uh, he's a health and wellness expert and I met Michael um, when he was the manager at Greco in Westboro and uh, the pandemic kind of put a kibosh on that uh, relationship and uh, we've reconnected and he's got a pretty interesting and inspiring story and uh, that's what I wanted to chat with him about so I will uh, let him tell you all about it so hope you enjoy it all right welcome Michael thank you uh, good to have you here good to be here Um, so we've got the two Michaels podcast here today Michael Square uh, so you, uh, you've had quite uh, an interesting history, I guess. Uh, yeah. um, so uh, I guess if you want to just fill us in on uh, your background and then what uh, led up to uh, your, your injury and uh, sure, then we'll go from there. Cool. Um, so my background, I feel like it's constantly changing. Um, but um, I'm an Israeli-Canadian dual national. Um, I've been in the health and fitness industry for going on 15 years now. Um, I began at Good Life Fitness uh, 15 years ago, back when it was like uh, the wild, wild west of the fitness industry. Yeah. So. Um, it was kind of like, uh, oh, well, you look great, you know, you could probably sell personal training. Here's a CD-ROM, here's a schedule, there's people out on the floor, let us know when you have some clients. And that was pretty much... And you got paid per client. Yeah, right, and commission on the, on the consultations. But it was pretty much like, here you go, off you go, and obviously the attrition rate was extremely poor. Right. Um, That's just gyms. Yeah, right, yeah. So I, at the time, it could be why I'm bald now, we'll never know, but um, I did a different hair color uh, once a week for my first 12 weeks as a trainer. And my first month, we did like, like 37,000 bucks in sales, and I got a free TRX course and stuff. And um, Wow. Yeah, so the people that were performing, they treated you really, really well. Yeah. Lots of perks, bonuses, free courses, stuff like that. So my first couple months there, I start seeing, you know, the perks, the 10% commissions coming in on, you know, big price tags. Um, and it's, it was motivating at the time for a 22 or 23 year old, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, so I stuck it out. Back then, the uh, scope of a personal trainer was pretty limited. You know, it was either to get jacked or to slim down and get a summer body, but, um, you know, the things that I'm doing that I see personal trainers doing in today's day and age is, is so far from what right. I was doing um, 15 years ago. Did you have uh, any educational background? In- At the time, no. So that was, so what had happened was I had moved to Israel. Um, were you, uh, where were you born? Born in Toronto. Okay. I immigrated to Israel um, with the intention to go to the military there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a separate podcast, but <laughs> upon my return, um, I was waiting basically to go into the Canadian forces, and I was going through my testing period while the fitness manager of Good Life approached me and just was kind of like, hey, 
you could do this and it make twice as much and you know not go to the yard. So you had completed the your. Um, again, it's a long story. I, I learned Hebrew. I, I got my feet wet. Um, unfortunately, my father got sick, so oh, okay. I came home after Sorry. a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I uh, ended up a good life. Good life ended up working out, so I never ended up going back to the military after that. Good life in Toronto? or Good life March Road, so, uh, okay. yeah, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we opened that club up, I think it was like 2007 or 2009, a long time ago. Yeah. And um, through Good Life, I, kind of, I stayed with Good Life for eight years um, and just inched my way. Um, I initially was a personal trainer, but I wiped down the equipment and stuff to meet the members. And that's how I got to have small conversations, right. which led me to showing them how to use equipment, which led them to becoming clients, and you know, slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. um, the industry is also similar to car sales in the sense that after 15 years, like even the clients that have come in for three years and then stopped for five, right. I'm still in the industry, so I still see that turnaround of people come back five, ten years later to me. Yeah, same, right? same for me. Yeah. Um, so I, not that I'm comparing either no, professions no, yeah, to no. used car salesmen. Yeah, yeah, fair. Not neither am I. Fair, neither am I. Yeah, used that's, car a, that's fair. That's they fair. got a bad rap. That's true. That's true. And uh, yeah, personal training is just. I feel like our rap's just starting to come back around. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're we as a profession are being rebranded now. We do a lot more. You're getting guys with their kin degrees mm -hmm. or masters in kin getting into. Um, you know, you've got this like transition of physiotherapists doing a lot of strength training, like real yeah. Olympic strength training. Um, you get a lot of personal trainers like myself who specialize in athletic therapy and and, and re rehabilitation. Um, so it's a really blended industry right now, which is really, really great to see. I know just because I keep track of certain things that there was, there were talks about, um, Fitness becoming a tax deductible yeah. expense with the government. Should it should be. It's not. They voted against it. It's not happening. But you know, it, it, the, it, it's the first time I've even seen it be a discussion in fifteen years, which was yeah. super cool to see. Um, well, I um, uh, when I was in chiropractic school, I did. I got certified uh, with the, the. It's been so long since yeah. I let it go. The uh, NSCA is that okay? Yeah. Uh, like the, no, the strength and conditioning. Oh, uh, CSCS. Oh, this was in the States. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you know what you're doing as a Cairo now. Like I look around your office right now, I see trigger point posters. It's like, I've gone to my uncle's Cairo like 25 years ago and there were not trigger point posters on the wall, you know? Um, there was like a skeleton hanging up. Yeah. Um, but you guys like... The things, you know, I go to a Cairo now and they'll do Graston, they'll do trigger point release, they'll do, like, the, everyone's scope is becoming so much broader. The industry mm -hmm. as a whole is maturing so much from, like, from the most advanced and highly educated professions to the camper pro personal trainers like myself originally, yeah. um, which is how it all started. Um, I borrowed 500 bucks from my uncle at the time, um, or my mother, I couldn't tell you, I borrowed 500 bucks. Got myself in the program because I was certain like this is what I needed to be doing. Yeah. And um, before I knew it, I was managing a club in Kelowna for a good life. Um, and we took that club from six trainers and about four thousand dollars a month to twenty-eight trainers and almost a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. Wow. In personal training revenue. Yeah. And then from there, I was promoted to manage the province of BC for good life. So we started with uh, 11 clubs and we were up to 14 or 15, I think, when I left, at 108 trainers. Um, but I'd gotten so far removed from personal training and working with clients. Like I managed the managers right. who managed the trainers. Like I was like degrees of separation from like what makes you warm and fuzzy and that's what got me in the industry in the first place. Leaving good life and um, Shortly thereafter, which is a separate podcast and long story, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. Um, 
So, in some context, prior to the traumatic brain injury, I kickboxed competitively for a few years, and I grew up playing football. Um, You know, so there's some previous years ago, twenty eight years ago. Yeah, concussions weren't even diagnosed twenty right. 29 years ago and up until you know get up so I don't even see. know how many I had playing football I was a right. wide receiver I ended up playing football because I fractured my sternum I'm sure if I could fracture my sternum I could suffer a few concussions along the way yeah um, kickboxing I had my teeth I've lost my teeth now I think it's 11 times these ones are in there like they're glued in <laughs> they're not coming out of my mouth ever again um, so I'm sure along the way of losing my teeth a dozen times, I suffered a couple more. Yeah. And then this one was a big one, um, which um, at the time, so I I, um, I had a brain hemorrhage. Um, with this? Injury. With the traumatic brain injury. So can I ask how it happened? Or? Yeah, I don't know what, how, like it's not a PG. Um, I was in a home invasion. Okay. Um, and I walked away. So I walked away and I thought everything was okay. Um, and the next morning I woke up and my pillowcase was wet with the cerebral fluid that had been draining out of my ear. Hmm. Um, and then I stood up and it started dripping out my nose onto the floor. Wow. Um, so that's when I went to the hospital. Yeah. Um, in BC. Um, so I was in the hospital in BC for a little under 10 days, um, getting things under control. I didn't, at the time, I didn't have any family out there. My brother lived there, but he was in Hawaii, just coincidentally that time. And, um, I wasn't allowed to fly because of the cabin pressure, Mm -hmm. obviously, and not driving anywhere anytime soon. Um, so my mom, um flew out to Vancouver from Ottawa, we rented a car, and had the most uh, one-on-one quality time <laughs> with my mother, I think I've probably had since I was a child, Yeah. Uh, all the way back to Ottawa, um, at which point How I... How long did that take? Um, good week. Yeah. We, we took it, like, I made that drive seven times total, because I lived out there for seven and a half years, so I would drive back and forth, I had a dog. Um, that was definitely one of the more leisurely trips back, you know, yeah. it's different. Yeah. It was a different trip for sure. Um, then I got back to Ottawa and checked into the hospital here and, uh, they looked at some different surgery options. Um, what had happened or at least my memory of it now is I had burst a membrane and so I drained CSF fluid for, about four months, um, slowly, hmm. out of my sinuses. Um, so the surgery was to try and stop that leakage. Yeah. Um, but they weren't about to rush into a brain surgery. So as we started working on the rehabilitation process, of something that kept its eye on, and I never ended up having that surgery, which was great. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I was checked in at the Acquired Injury Brain Rehabilitation Center attached to the Ottawa General Hospital. Um, so the injury happened, it'll be five years, December 4th. Um, I got home Christmas of that same December. Um, and I began their treatment rehab um, in April, so a few months later. Hmm. So for a few months there where I was completely unmedicated and suffering from all sorts of issues, PTSD and all sorts of things from the whole debacle, um, things were a little touch and go. Um, but then I was set up at the hospital and um, I began with 24 hours a week uh, working with speech therapists, speech pathologists, um, I had a neurologist who oversaw everything. My neurosurgeon, who I had my original consultation, still had his hands in the pie. Um, I had an occupational therapist. I had a physiotherapist. Quite the team. It was quite a team. It it would would, would have been quite costly. Thank thank God for Canadian healthcare. Yeah. Because I probably wouldn't be walking the earth today if it wasn't for Canadian healthcare, or Mm -hmm. if I was, I'd probably be one of the guys holding the cardboard sign at the end of the street. 
which just creates more empathy for me um, because I understand how someone could get there if they didn't yeah. have the support that I had when I had this accident. Um, so I had to move in at the ripe old age of 30 years old, move back into my mother's basement because mm-hmm. I needed a full-time caregiver. Um, yeah, I'm doing 24 hours a week, um, went on disability and just became a piece of furniture at the Ottawa General. And slowly but surely, um, I remember when I went in there, they did a test, um, cognitive function, things like that. And yeah. they gave me 60 seconds to answer, give, provide as many letters, beginning with the letter A, as I could. Right. And I gave them one. All I could think of at the time was Apple. And like, I'm a writer. And words usually are not difficult for me to find. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there being like, ah, ah, ah. And it's like, calm down, you got 60 seconds. And even calm sitting there, I just had no other words to pull at wow. the end of the day. Um, and that was like a baseline, you know, they test as they go. Um, and through that period of time, um, I was diagnosed with adult ADHD. I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, I was diagnosed with the TBI. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD. So did you have any inkling, like, obviously, you know, the PTSD and the, the TBI, that's clear where that came from, but, yes. like, was there any inkling, like, before that happened, of the ADHD or the schizophrenia? Yeah, oh yeah, so, like, I, uh, back in the 90s, when I was in elementary school, I was one of those kids, Yeah. Um, but, you know, they overprescribed Ritalin to a lot of kids back then. And when they finally decided to get a grip on it, rather than kind of assess each child individually, and I was a child at the time, but mm-hmm. my understanding is they kind of just pulled 90% of them off. And I was probably one of the ones who should have stayed on because I was a horrible, horrible student. And, like, I wasn't a horrible student. I got average grades, you know, high 70s, low 80 grades. I had yeah. my strong subjects and my weaker subjects, like everybody. Um, but you know, I was climbing out of the classroom windows with a soccer ball while the teacher was teaching just to go play soccer because I was yeah. bored. And um, so like, I probably should have been someone that stayed. Um, it took them 20 years to loop back around to re-diagnose that. Mm-hmm. And being put back on now Adderall or Vyvanse has changed my life. I, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about... ADD as a mental illness, ADHD as a mental illness, and treating it with amphetamines like mm-hmm. Adderall. I know that's a, a big thing, especially when it comes to children. Yeah. But I also understand that not everything works for everybody. Um, yeah, I ended up... Uh, um, okay. I was blessed to meet a doctor who... Again, I've seen a lot of doctors in the yeah. course of the last five years, and of all the doctors I saw, this was like the guy. And where was that at the hospital, or was it? A no, he was a GP, a new GP that okay. had come out from Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um, I got set up with him because he had been specializing working with um, emergency response firefighters and cops that had suffered PTSD. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like who he was specialized in working with from a medical standpoint. Um, so he just had this understanding that as a person, he had an understanding that I needed, aside from the medical approach, he had a human approach to, yeah. to the medical situation. And um, it was with his help, you know, I was, I was like, dead set, there is no way on God's green earth I am ever going to stay on disability. That's not an option for me. I'm not, I'm too young, I do not want to be that person for the rest of my life. And it's not to take away from anyone who is, it's just I felt that I could recover Mm -hmm. fully. Um, And I made that... I think that's, that's probably... uh consideration like for for I mean, I've never been on disability but I think having that mindset yeah helps you know it, it, it has to you can get so easy to get comfortable on disability mm-hmm. you know it's just 
it's it's peanuts, but it's guaranteed. You know, you get your med like my medications cost an arm and a leg on a monthly basis. You know, yeah. and they're things that I have to have to keep myself operating, mm -hmm. or all hell breaks loose. So you know, things like those are covered. So there are great benefits to that. And at the time, I absolutely needed that. But my goal is to get back to work. You know, I had just yeah. been running 17 clubs for on a $12 million budget. Um, and here I was living at my mom's um, in her basement. And I just wanted to get back to working and doing me. And there's no chance of getting laid in that situation. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And that can be a separate thing. <laughs> Um, because obviously that comes with its own brain-related issues, right? Yeah. Um, so that, you know, talking like no one's listening, even though I'm sure there are, that's um, in full transparency. That's another issue that comes with a traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. um, that's medicated and you deal with it. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't even a thought on my mind <laughs> at the time. Um, so I worked, so I met this doctor who basically believed in all of these things and believed that I could make this recovery. Um, we slowly transitioned me out of, you know, eventually you can drop things like speech therapy and mm -hmm. focus more on the speech pathology. Yeah. Um, you can drop things like, you know, I was standing in between bars, closing my eyes, lifting up my left leg and putting it on the floor. Eventually, you can stop doing that and then sit down with an occupational therapist and be like, okay, you can now like put on your own pair of pants. Let's look at what a day in your life looks like and what can you not do in that day and let's work on those things. Um, so, you know, just the... I remember the big thing was learning how to take the bus again. You know, they gave me a bus pass. Yeah, something so small that people take something for so granted. so small, but it's... Like with a brain injury, it's it's busy, it's noisy. There's music going. People are in your space. Mm -hmm. It's it's gross. There's just so much. Your brain has no filters, so it's just taking in all the stimulation all at once, and it's extremely overwhelming. Um, so that was a big thing for me was taking a bus, and I remember them giving me a bus pass, and for the first few times. Um, one of my therapists would meet me downstairs and make sure I got there. Because, you know, the next thing is, is like, you want to shut off all of the stimulation, but by doing so, you might not even get off at the right stop, mm -hmm. you know? You might not even get on at the right stop. You don't even know. Um, so that was a big thing. Um, but then once that, once I could take the bus and had a bus pass, um, and I was able to do the basic things, like get my day started and function through a day, I still needed, like a, I was like a child, you know, I still needed like a morning and an afternoon nap. Mm -hmm. um, but once I could do those basic things, I got, went through the hoops and rings I couldn't even begin to describe to get off disability. You, people think it's hard getting on disability, let me tell it's you, it's way off. harder getting off because you're a liability to your employer, mm -hmm. just you're on there for a reason, you've jumped through the hoops and rings to get on there, they want to know why you're not on there what you're doing, right? Um, so I was approved to work like four hours a week initially. And was that as a personal trainer? As a personal trainer. Um, so the only people, and you know, bless them too, um, at the time they were what I needed and Freeform Fitness took me on. Uh, you know, I kind of spilled this story to them in an interview. <laughs> um, and just... Uh, I was like, look, like I just, I'm allowed to work four hours, and that's you know a few few clients. I can work a couple clients, and I want to be here, and and um, so they took me on. So I began working four hours. Now the thing is, is I didn't couldn't drive, and um, my I might have two clients in a day. One at like you know sometimes yeah. six in the morning, and one at three in the afternoon. Yeah. And I wasn't able to use screens, so that's when I got into heavy reading, like heavy, heavy reading, like like you know eight hours a day broken up just reading books because it's the only thing and that, that my eyes... that was okay for your eyes? That was okay for my eyes. Like a book, paper book. Right, right. To this day, I can't do like a Kindle or anything. It's still hard on my oh, eyes. Oh, same with me. I, I, it needs to be a paper book. Yeah. That and I like the trophy at the end to say like I read... Like I have a bookshelf and I can honestly say I've read every single book on my shelf and that's like a, a thing for me right now. It's tangible. Um, yeah, so... 
I started reading all these books and, you know, coming from knowing the pain I was in and seeing everyone work with me and seeing how valued these people were to me made me have this transition in my own career path where I wasn't leaving the industry, but I was focusing more on working with people with similar struggles, working with people with chronic pain, mm -hmm. um, and doing what I could to kind of give back. Um, so since, you know, I've worked with um, clients with cerebral palsy, um, stroke victims are pretty common for me, TIAs. Yeah. I've had clients who I've had to carry into my house and take off their shoes and carry them, you know, and back out of the house. Um, and that's, for me, you know, you can't have a business solely built on these people or you'll burn out tomorrow. Right. Um, but that, for me, is what I got into this for. Your why. That's my why now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I professionally underwear modeled for a few years at West before the injury and I competed as a bodybuilder at West before the injury mm -hmm. and was heavy into steroids before the injury and then had this injury and it was like a whole paradigm shift for me where I went into this holistic wellness and I was learning about, I learned everything about from, I took a level three energy modality like Reiki level three uh, to never be used or touched ever again. just because it interested me. Right. Everything from that to, <clears throat> I did the MCATS prep, uh, anatomy prep, um, which was cool because it was all cadaver and stuff. Um, so like the, the contrast between the education I was taking, it was like as wide as I could, I'd pick up a yeah. book, something would start spark an interest and on to the next subject. And freeform worked for a really long time. Um, I met the mother of my son there who, um, was my boss at the time. Um, and up until very recently, we were living together happily for about three years. Yeah. Um, still a very happy two and a half year old. And do that math. Or mm -hmm. uh, two, two, two month and four year, two year and four month old. Um, so um, from there, I had a client. So. Freeform did these sessions, eight sessions for where $96. Was the, where was the Freeform? Canada, March Road. Okay. So do, they do this like grab pack where it's eight sessions for $96. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, when we both know Sylvia over at Greco, yeah. uh, Sylvia was a client. So Sylvia okay. wanted in, to in see... In Canada? Yeah, so Sylvia wanted to see what kind of Bush League trainer she was going to get for $96 over eight sessions. Right. So I think she came in more of like a this, let's see what... This and had she already started her, her the schooling? Uh, yeah, so that's what kind of, she was at Algonquin doing right. health and fitness. She saw this 8 for 96. She just, I'm sure at the time it was more to have a laugh than anything, but she got stuck with me. Um, and here I am, this like brain injured guy. I was on like the tail end. So at this point, you know, I was working maybe 16 hours a week. Okay. Disability. So in those first four hours, I could still collect disability. Mm -hmm. And then you cross this point where... You have to drop a disability and actually, you you know, still living at my mom because I'm not earning a big enough income to right. pay for anything really. Um, but uh, I met Sylvia for eight sessions for $96. She didn't continue with me. And that was that. And then maybe six months later, I got an email and it was like, hey, do you remember me? Um, I was your client for eight sessions. Right. I think I know showed you four times. <laughs> um, I'm looking at buying this gym. I need someone to help me like run it, manage it. Um, is that something you'd be interested in? And that's how I ended up at Greco down the street from where we are right now. Wow. Um, it's funny, like these. It's the little. Yeah. Thing it kind of makes you wonder sometimes. It's like, it's, like things it's, that were uh, meant to. I don't wonder. I don't wonder anymore. I don't wonder anymore. I can just say that honestly, and I have goosebumps all the way up my body thinking about that because I don't wonder anymore. Um, there are things I wonder about, but in the big general wonder, I don't wonder That's anymore. That's not it. Um, so things worked out, and. Um, we were very happy there. I brought um, yeah. a friend of mine who has now been, he's my business partner in a couple things and he's just my go-to guy. Mm -hmm. I brought him there with me. and um, As a trainer? As or? a trainer, yeah. an instructor. 
Um, and we were there for two years until the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone's life changed, or most of our lives changed, yeah. at least. Um, so while at Greco, the kind of like straw that broke the camel's back was I had a convulsive seizure in the staff room there. Mm. Um, that's when I lost my license. Um, for good. Yeah. That's when I lost my license for three years. I had to go three years seizure free and then start doing all the testing to get it back. And I didn't go three years and now I've lost it forever. But, um, that was kind of the breaking point for my own health. That's when the seizures kind of, I was having three or four a week. They got them under control. And you had been at Greco for how long? At that point? Two years, two years. Um, I bought a car, like my life was kind of, you know, like at this point yeah. I'm at Greco, I'm earning a decent living, got a great job, I'm working with great people, I'm doing what I love. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously location Westboro was as good as it could get. Um, I had a son, things were happy at home, bought a car, and you know, this is three years after I was lying in a hospital bed. Yeah. So in my mind, like this was, this was great. And... Uh, and then just when you get used to what's great, it changes on you. Yeah. And that's just life. But um, for whatever reason, with no real end in sight, um, we were met with COVID-19 last year. Um, yeah. And uh, the unfortunate truth was that um, I was an expensive asset to have around. I still am. And um, during a pandemic, when you're not earning any money, it's hard to keep someone like that mm-hmm. on staff. So there was never any hard feelings. Um, I have nothing but the greatest things to say about Greco. Um, even we work now, our charity side or our future not-for-profit, which we'll get into, is partnered with Tony Greco's new brand, TG Athletics. Okay. Um, and we have his general manager sitting on our board. Um, so I um, I left there with nothing but great memories and good things to say. On good terms. On good terms, yeah. yeah. But you know, from there... So I'll... at, um, so now, uh, when the pandemic started, it had been how long since the, the injury? Um, three, it'll be, it'll be five years in December, so, so it's been three and a half years. Yeah. And by the time the pandemic, or even now, would you say, I was like, are you? Sylvia, I must say, and she was so, she knew, she would send me home. Yeah. She knew the days. She, we got to know each other well enough that she knew my own red flags before I knew my red flags. And so I've been lucky that I've had employers that work within my injury. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another pivotal reason as to why I've been able to return to the workforce and and be this person again, it's because I had employers who were willing to work within my limitations. And that's a very special thing about the fitness industry is we're in the business of helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, we've got bills to pay, right? The lights have to stay on. But at the end of the day, if a fitness company isn't willing to take on a personal trainer who's just gone through this whole ordeal, what kind of fitness company? What are you really preaching? You know, right. like here's a guy who could be a voice for you. Um, and I was blessed to have met a couple people along the way who were those people. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my question was going to be like, are you recovered from no, the. No, I don't it's think I'll ever be recovered yet. It's ongoing yet. The PTSD is definitely not what it used to be, um, but it's still PTSD. Mm-hmm. And. Um, the sleeve of tattoos were to cover up scars and things um, from that whole situation okay. so that I don't have to look at them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a daily, daily nap, at least five days a week. I have to have to have lie down. I have to manage There's, my... There's uh, lots of people who say that's yeah. healthy. So. I had a client, um, have a client who's suffered a stroke. Um, 
she's only a couple years older than me and she put it to me once. She's a six-year-old, I have a three-year-old, a little bit different, but she put it to me in a sense where she tells her six-year-old that she, she wakes up in the day and she has 30 spoons. Um, and if you want to do something, if you want to go to the park, that's going to cost you two spoons. Because when I'm out of spoons, i got to go lie down. And for me, it's all about, and that really resonated with me, not because I'm a six-year-old, but that's put it into perspective, like, I have 30 spoons, and, like, I'm using my 30 spoons by noon, and then I'm toast the rest of the day and night, right? Yeah. So, I wouldn't say I'm recovered. I've learned how to manage my disability much more effectively. I still ride with paratranspo. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I still feel uncomfortable about getting walked to and from the door of paratranspo and to and from my drop-off, but that's, you know, I could have a seizure, and that's, that's the reality of the injury. Um, I manage my spoons um, based on what I know I have scheduled in that day. So, you know, I lie down. I have my son this morning from 8 till 12.30. I lie down from, you know, 12.30 to 1.30, shower and get ready to come here, knowing that I was going to need to have this relatively conscious conversation with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me to do that, I need to lie down and I need to preserve my spoons. Right. Um, and that's not, I still have to make dinner. And you know, when you're, when you have a brain injury, something like making dinner costs spoons. You know, something as simple as showering takes spoons. Um, if I were to stick to the metaphor. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm recovered. I'm 80% recovered, 85% recovered. There are days where I feel 90 or 100%, and there are days where I feel 50 or 60%. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's just the ebbs and flow of a permanent injury. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, the right doctors made the world of difference. Diagnosing the right things and medicating them with the right drugs. And I'm a holistic guy. But there is a place for pharmaceutical oh, drugs. Oh, for sure. And yeah. I think we're getting way too are away from that. Pharmaceutical drugs have their place in the world. Yeah. And that, as far as I'm concerned, is the bottom line. Should every headache be met with a Tylenol? Absolutely not. But we have Tylenol and Advil, and it's a revolutionary pharmaceutical drug. And if they had it 200 years ago, they would think it was magical. You know? Um, so, and to give you some contrast, I'm also prescribed... THC and CBD for my epilepsy. Mm -hmm. um, so I also go and I largely balance my diet based on keto. I notice a drastic difference managing a keto diet versus not. And it's not like my diet was unhealthy. Drastic difference in my seizure in quantity. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So like where I might have three, four, five in a bad week. Mm -hmm. um, if I was like keto consistent, it might be two or three. Okay. So it's shaving like a seizure down a day, a oh. seizure down a week, yeah. which is it's substantial, and you know, um, and then alternatively, you go a couple of years without it. They're quote unquote medicated. You think, well, maybe this keto diet, you know. So I dropped the keto diet, and six months later, I had a seizure. And I don't know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know correlation, causation, right. whatever you want to say. All I know is. I wasn't having them while I was on a keto Sorry, diet. They were minimal. Keto. So recently I've, I've returned to my keto diet. I feel sharper. Things that I, my body, everyone's body is very different. Everyone's brain is very different. Everyone's fuel, we all function the exact same or less from a fuel standpoint, like biological standpoint, but man, I forget where I was going with that, but that's the brain injury. I do the same. Yeah. So. Um, I think that's just... Human yeah, at this point, eh? Hey? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess to get back to uh, the story, this all led me into this place I am in now of serial entrepreneurship, I call it. Okay. Um, it began with Spectrum Health and Wellness. Mm -hmm. So I had. You know, I spent 15 years in this industry collecting the good and the bad from big box corporations, boutique studios, the best trainers, the worst trainers, the worst interviews, the best equipment, trends, all of it. And yeah. um, with what was going on a year and a half ago, 
sorry, I should backtrack. Five years ago, I saw this trend coming around the corner of holistic wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people were going to get away from these like super high protein diets that were hard on your digestive system. They were mm-hmm. going to get away from the fad diets and you know the isogenics and Vicalis and all the rest of the shakes and you know come back to this place of like I was at the farmers market shopping for vegetables while I was waiting for you know like come back to this place where we can eat whole foods. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out though that that Michael was early. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I came, again, it's not very often that, like for me, people to, under, to take, take for granted the value of what a, what a car does for you. Yeah. You know, like at this point, a horse and buggy would get me faster to places than my, my methods, you know? Yeah. Paratransport, you have to schedule in advance. You still pay a little bit for it. You know, it's 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 to get you to like major appointments. If I just wanted to willy nilly go to the farmers market mm-hmm. like I did today, that's not a not a thing in my life unless I find someone to come with me who's willing to drive. And I so can that. you like can you Uber or I can Uber. Okay. Yeah. So I spent the business spent five figures on Uber last year. Um, you know, paratransport is drastically limiting that down now, and I've got friends who I privately hire to help me out so I'm not paying so much to Uber this year. Um, but, you know, the little things like going to the farmer's market, I just don't do because it's difficult for mm-hmm. me to get to and from. Or I would have to arrange it in advance and it's like, then it's like, do I really want to spend five spoons to go to the farmer's right. to, Not even to go to the farmer's market, to arrange to go to the farmer's market, right? Yeah. So to come, knowing I was coming here, I'm like, okay, I know there's the farmer's market, so I came intentionally early so I could be there. Okay. Um, so not you were, you were actually early yourself. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I just have a four minute walk here. So. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Everyone's got a four minute walk in Westboro. That's the beauty of this neighborhood, eh? Yeah. And, uh, it's so nice to see people back out and smiling and the patios and having coffees together. It's, yeah. it's nice for me to be around this because in the suburbs, you don't, you don't see it, right? You see the neighbors and you have the odd people mm-hmm. on the deck, but you don't actually see this, which is really cool. Um, so when I started seeing this trend of like, People just, like, our Spectrum Health and Wellness's tag is be well. It's not get healthy. It's not, it's just be well. Mm-hmm. Well. Wellness. Like, I try to get as far away from the word fitness as I possibly can because being fit isn't being well. Being fit means you can do a lot of jumping jacks. You can go lift some heavy weight. You can be fit. But it doesn't mean you're sleeping well, right. you're feeling well, or you are well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the health and wellness and the medical sort of uh, the medical um, industry all um, break, break things so it's very mechanistic, right? So everything's broken down to, okay, well, your immune system is working well or your digestive system is working so well. systematic, eh? Right, but, but I don't really give a shit because I'm a, an, an internist, so yes. all your digestion is good, but I don't really give a shit about your heart, you know? It's like... It's not his. It's not his big. It's not his problem, right. right? And Instead of see a different doctor for that, and you got to wait that summer here. The whole body. Yeah. So, so one of the courses I took through uh, the University of Minnesota was um, managing chronic pain, and it was like colon a, a human systems approach. So it's like managing chronic pain, not from like my knee hurts, mm-hmm. but from a whole approach of well, why does your knee hurt? And it can be down to inflammatory foods you're sensitive to. Yeah. Um, and that's why your knee is hurt, or maybe it's early onset arthritis, or maybe it can be a whole accumulation of things. Yeah. Um, but the first thing, you know, I recommend is to not go jump, don't go do burpees or jumping jacks or go for long jogs, because that's definitely going to make whatever's pain in your knee worse. Right. You know? Um, so... I took all these courses when people thought I was crazy. Like to tell someone I was taking my level three Reiki master five years ago, they thought I was like three sheets to the wind coming out of the brain. Now, did you do levels one and two? Or yeah, I did levels one and two as well. Well, yeah, I had to get like sixty-four hours of case studies submitted to. It's actually called therapeutic touch. Yeah, it's a it's a modality. People are familiar with Reiki. We don't actually use crystals or anything, mm-hmm. um, and there's not actually oh, I know physical that. contact. 
I don't practice no, it, uh, but I took my own three. Masters. Yeah, yeah, it's has its place. I'm not going to say anything else mm-hmm. about it. Um, two, I you know did my Graston, uh, two Graston certs, cupping, fascial stretching, active release. Um, everything that I felt I needed, I did the MCATs prep for anatomy so I could understand the human body as, like, and their cadaver. So, like, okay, so this is what, you know, and, you know, I remember the first thing thinking is, like, wow, nothing is red. It's all yellow and brown, you know, and white. It's gross. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool to get a really understanding of, like, okay, so this is what, like, the physical body looks like. And then, you t- then, you know, I pursued exercise physiology and science through the University of Colorado to understand, well, now that I know what it looks like, how does it How move? does it work? How does it move? And while it's moving, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you know those things, then you can start to identify issues. And once you can identify the issues, you need to start learning about the solutions. Um, which is when I began, I took uh, something as fluffy as the science of well-being, is what they called it, mm-hmm. for the University of Yale. I took addiction treatment for healthcare pr- practitioners through Yale. Through, food, through, sorry. through Yale. Okay. Um, food and health through Stanford University. Um, all sorts of uh, also integrative therapies and healing practices through Minnesota. All sorts of I think I did like 32 over... Uh, so, I spent, I bus to and from Greco every day from Canada. So, it's a three-hour bus ride for two years. So, I spent three hours a day on a bus reading online courses and yeah. reading. And then, I would stop at the coffee shop on my own, write my exams, and I did like 30 courses over the course of two years. Wow. Sitting on the OC Transpo. Um, I was just that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Um, and now, with these big intentions of working with, you know, physical disabilities and chronic conditions and illnesses and things like that, which is what I am doing and I do do, pain is not limited to anybody. Um, And I kind of spectrum ended up steering into this athletic therapy space um, where we now have the opportunity to work with some of the biggest bodybuilders in the world. So like Chris Bunstead, who's a two-time Olympia champion, uh, wow. looking to make it three in a row. Yeah. Um, Is he Canadian or? From Ottawa, okay. yeah. All of them are from Ottawa. Um, so work, I got to move into working with some of the CFL athletes. Um, so again, I'll go from working with a, a stroke victim to working with a Blue Bombers player mm-hmm. um, who's 300 pounds. Um, very different issues, very different pain, um, very different mobility issues. Um, but nonetheless, this is kind of what Spectrum has now been built upon is making... So it's kind of like a twofold thing is one is I realized when I got out of the hospital that therapies are expensive. And even yeah. if you have benefits, you burn through 500 or or $1,000 in Pretty RMT, Cairo, I'm sure you see... Yeah lightning fast and then you're stuck out with the pain for it out of pocket so i have benefits i try and tap out my benefits to the fullest extent mm-hmm. and for me my business model was about making i'm not a chiro i'm not a physiotherapist that gets confused often i'm not an athletic therapist i am just someone with a lot of education and experience um and there goes the thought again Yeah. You, um... Spectrum. Oh, yeah, making things affordable and accessible. Yeah. So, so like, for me, so I charge generally a dollar a minute for my time. Um, people are usually, like, flabbergasted by when I actually go to give them a bill and it's 60 bucks to see me for an hour. Um, but I... And I could, and I've, it's been suggested I charge more, but I genuinely, truly believe in making health and wellness affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to a place where... Most people now can't even be a member of Good Life Fitness. It's like, you know, for you, your wife, and daycare, it's like 140 bucks a month. Like, that's a chunk of change for a, a young family, you know? Um, the boutique studios, your Orange Theories, all those, like, the cycling, cycling studios and stuff, I'm trying to leave names out of it. It's, 
it's shocking what they're charging you to do to do with one single amenity. Mm -hmm. um, and well, that's, and that's not probably even, even gone up since the pandemic. I'm sure right? it has. They're, I'm sure it has. And that's not even getting into if you need, if you have an injury and you need to see a physiotherapist or an occupational therapist or, or a chiro or, you know. So I like to think of myself as the guy that you may come to see if you don't have benefits. Mm -hmm. You may come to see when your benefits run out um, because I can provide a, a very high quality service that may not be what is that of an RMT or a Cairo or anyone else. I don't get into bones or anything right. like that. I'm um, just fascial and myofascial work. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I, I like to think of myself as this guy who they can kind of come to before or after those things, that they could still get a quality treatment um, that is affordable. Um, we have a mobile app in the App Store. So again, the next thing is about making it accessible, mm -hmm. especially during the pandemic. So this business was launched during the pandemic when fitness was the least accessible thing on the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, so, you know, by making it accessible. So we have a mobile app. Your workouts can be done body weight in a room half the size of this with no equipment, um, all the way up to in the gym or going for a run or we did a 30-day um, get moving challenge where it's like couch to 5k type style thing. Mm -hmm. um, that was part of making it accessible. Pricing our, our app, you get you get your a customized meal plan um, based on your dietary restrictions. You get all these incredible services. It's a hundred bucks a month, um, so it's affordable. It's accessible. I'm trying to make it so even though we're in a pandemic, there's no excuses. Mm -hmm. And then the next biggest thing for me was the inclusivity. Um, because after bouncing around the industry, um, I felt like studios were becoming more exclusive and exclusive and the trendier they got and the more popular the industry got, the more exclusive they got. And health belongs to everybody. Everybody has the right to health and everybody has the right to wellness. Frankly, they shouldn't even have to pay for that. Again, thank God for Canadian healthcare. To some degree, it helps, um, but businesses at the end of the day provide a service. They've got to keep the lights on. So my goal with this business is to make it as affordable and accessible as I possibly can while still keeping the lights on. Right. Um, That's great. And um, and that kind of led into what became serial entrepreneurship, which is now I needed. Um, I needed to hire myself to run the business, mm -hmm. so I created a business called Michael Jacek Enterprises that specialized in all the things I was going to be doing as the president of Spectrum Health and Wellness. And then um, I wanted to come back to this passion about making things affordable and accessible and getting back to my own niche of working with, with chronic illness and disabilities, so I started the Spectrum Wellness Group, um, which we're working towards becoming a not-for-profit charity. Mm -hmm. um, to begin subsidizing um, some of these programs and services to those that are on disability. I know what that income was. I know I, what I could and couldn't afford. Yeah. And the hope with this charity is that we can subsidize some of the services that these people need so desperately um, so they can come, come, come see a Cairo, see an RMT, see an occupational therapist. You know, my client's goal was to shower without her shoes because she wore leg braces and was worried about slipping. Like, that shouldn't be a goal. That should just be a thing. You shouldn't right. have to do that. That shouldn't even be a thought on your mind. And the sad truth was, is after hacking my costs down to literally as low as I possibly could go, she still couldn't afford it and I couldn't mm. continue working with her. And this whole charity was built off of this client. This client has stuck with me. I have goosebumps thinking about her right now. Once we're a launch not-for-profit, she will be the very first person I reach back out to and begin subsidizing services for, um, whether it's with me or somebody else. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, That's awesome. That's... And then um, last but not least was Personal Training Ottawa, um, which basically as the pandemic kept dragging along, I had to continue looking to cut our operating costs to keep us alive marketing and lead generation is always one of your biggest yeah. costs. Um, Same here, yeah. Yeah, so 
you know, that was the next place do I go? Like, do I stop marketing completely and just ride this out and sit tight? You know, we had some money in the bank account, we were profitable, we didn't have any debt, we are good. I could just sit here and ride this out for a little while. Um, and then Personal Training Ottawa, the domain, happened to just fall in my lap through um, one of our uh, retail reps uh, asked me if I wanted it. And I said, absolutely, who would not want to? It's like having Pepsi.com, you yeah. don't want that in this industry, right? So I basically decided I would then hack, and I would ask all of our marketing and lead generation costs and create Personal Training Ottawa as a marketing and advertising website to create a registry of what I feel are my integrity approved businesses and professionals. Um, so I basically started this fourth business, took our advertising budget, cut it in half, and dumped it into my fourth business. So this is that's not just for your business, right? It's for it's everybody. Like for any yeah, yeah, so anyone. So the idea okay. is, the, the purpose of this is to create a registry where we feature Ottawa's best and brightest facilities, studios, health practitioners, chiros, doctors. I want it to be kind of like, you want to know who is the, you want XYZ and a trainer and a doctor and a whatever, I want this to be the gold standard place to go find whoever it is you're looking for. Yeah. We have a screening process, yeah. um, so it's not like any business can just pay us and be advertised, that's not how this works. There is a screening process and we don't just take your money, we do turn people away. Mm -hmm. um, it's a new business, so we're in the process right now of creating an e-commerce store. Um, with supplements and vitamins and mm -hmm. products um, and then we'll be looking to pursue additional trainers and businesses and things that we can kind of help market um, and just get the best people out to Ottawa. It's awesome. Yeah. So that is, I would say from about five years to today, more or less, that would be the story. It's quite a story. Thank you. Wow. It's been a journey like, and, for sure. And, um, yeah, I'd like to, uh, from where you were to where you are now, it's, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting to think about, you know, I just remember thinking, I remember five years ago being on disability, being in the hospital, and you can see what the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years of your life could potentially look like. Mm-hmm. Sitting here almost five years later, I'm just excited that I don't know what tomorrow looks like or next week or next year. Um, the fact that I cannot plan the rest of my life is what's most exciting to me right now. I think that's what keeps me involved with entrepreneurship. Great. Yeah, it's these, I guess, little things, you know, that sometimes people take for granted. Yeah, and, you uh, just get a whole new, uh, you know, and perspective. I've also come to realize that what I like most about entrepreneurship isn't having the business, it's just building it. So I, I will be actually looking to sell all these businesses in the coming 12 months mm -hmm. um, so that I can start five more. Start new, new yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm looking right now, the future, I guess, if I were to look at what the next half of the story may look like, um, the goal is to find someone who's willing to let me just serial open businesses for people and have them pick them up when they're completed and basically hand people businesses over on a silver platter. Hmm. Not actually have work any of them, Yeah. just build them for people. Now, would you do that with your Michael J. person? Yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. So the plan would be, um, I would keep my hands in the charity because that's what my life is about. That's what I am as a person about. Mm -hmm. um, the marketing agency is means to an end that will go up for sale. Spectrum Health and Wellness is my baby. Um, but at the end of the day, what my passion is, and I will always work with my clients, um, but my passion is really serial entrepreneurship. And Spectrum obviously being the most valuable of the businesses, providing me the most capital to continue doing what I love, which is open up more businesses. Um, it will also go up for sale when the time is right. Yeah. The time is not right right now. Gyms are barely earning a mm -hmm. earning income, but there will be a time that becomes right, and yeah. and at that time, I hope to um, kind of wouldn't say start this all over again, but look at 
some new ideas and, and that's what's exciting about it. Yeah, so I guess uh, Spectrum will, uh, when it, the time comes, it'll, it'll be ready and yeah. uh, we'll put a price on your it. baby will That's leave it. the nest That's and, it. Uh, That's it. and on to uh, find new babies. New babies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with, uh, you know, I guess we talked about like sort of health and, and uh, um, physical and, 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 but not uh, like through this process, I mean, you sort of hinted a few times to sort of the mental yeah. aspect of that. Yeah. And so I imagine like overcoming this, you know, the, this injury probably required a lot of mental, uh, yeah. um, yeah, to say the least, uh, what's the word? Resilience. Like, resilience. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so what, like what, what sorts of things do you do for yourself or I guess like for, uh, for your own peace of mind, peace of mind, mental health? Um, um, so I got big into, I am big into tinkering with pocket bikes, mm -hmm. like 50 CC engines, little okay. tiny, like it's basically what your lawnmower runs on. Yeah. Um, it, it was something for me that allowed me to completely, I'm such a, like a person who spends his time in his head that working on these engines, I had, I had no experience, zero, none. Mm -hmm. um, I started with a couple YouTube videos um, and then I realized I found myself just shutting my brain off and just focusing on the little tiny screw that you need to get in this little tiny place behind this little tiny part yeah. that you keep dropping and fumbling. It takes you 20 minutes. But in those 20 minutes, you have no other thought in your on your mind. Right. You don't think about your injury. You don't think about your problems. You're thinking about the damn screw that won't go on the back of that, you know? Yeah. Um, so finding hobbies, um, and I mean a broad scope of hobbies, you know, I'll do, I'll go from reading a book, um, or meditating to physically exercising to tinkering on a small engine with a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I think managing the mental is kind of like the base of the pyramid. Um, yeah. Sure, exercise improves the mental and all the rest of it, but at the end of the day, if you can't get out of bed in the morning, you're not going to get to the gym. Right. So you have to find a way to make yourself well first. Um, and that's why Spectrum's slogan is be well, because it's like, it's more than just be all these other things. It's just feel good, be well. And that encompasses so many, so many different things. Um, the mental aspect of it is the hardest part for a number of reasons. I would have to say the primary reason being um, that you're usually focusing on, especially when it comes to the gym, you're there to work on your insecurities. Um, yeah. So constantly battling, knowing that you're actually putting work in towards correcting something or improving something um, that is whatever it is holds is held dear to you in some way shape or form um, I think it's twofold and a it's important that you're working on those insecurities because that's going to be what makes you helps you become mentally well mm -hmm. um, and those insecurities I don't mean physically I, it can be anything um, you know for me I'm, I'm insecure right now about having um, the paratranspo guy meet me at my door and walk me to the bus and drop me off because I, I feel like I don't need that but at the end of the day I, have a, I could have a seizure and I do need that right. um, and that's something that I'm working on to be mentally well to take paratranspo um, because I've had my account active for six weeks um, and I haven't used it once I'd be Ubered but I won't bring myself to face that insecurity yet and so you haven't used paratransport? No, I've had my account active, but I okay. haven't used it yet. Well, okay. Just because I, I just haven't gotten okay with that yet. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I stress twice as much because I don't have the convenience of what paratransport would provide me. So crossing that bridge will, in the grand scheme, make me mentally well and better. Yeah. I know that. But I'll do it in my due time, and I think that's what's important for everyone is that they cross their bridges and face their demons in their own time. Um, but 
but at the end of the day that they're whatever those are they're facing them no matter what mm -hmm. at some point because that's uncomfortable being uncomfortable is a big part of feeling good yeah have you we talked about books but have you read uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I saw you post that one. No, I haven't read that one. Yeah, I would um, recommend that one. So there was one that I read. It, I saw you post that, and I read one called The Art of Thinking Clearly. Yeah. Um, and I saw you post that one, and I was like, oh my god, that one is so much like this one I had just finished. Um, so no, I, I saw that. That's one that I, that I will pick up, though. Another library book? Uh, no, that... Uh, is that one from the library? I don't remember. That one might have... I think somebody <laughs> lent me that one. There's something to be said for that, though. Yeah. You know, like, just throwing your cares to the wind within reason, you know? Like, you, you still have to feed yourself and maintain some sort yeah. of level of hygiene and things. But, you know, being able to just be comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, like, it's amazing. Like, people stress about whatever they stress about and think they're unique... Yes. Right? And yeah. not, like, everybody has their own thing that, that... And it's all relative. Yeah. You know, my stress, you know, could, could be equal to the next guy's stress, just very different stresses mm -hmm. and very different life experience and coping mechanisms to manage that stress. Yeah. You know? And that's when it's, and that's when why it's just, it's relative. And that's why I don't judge what makes people happy. I don't care if it's having a bowl of ice cream after dinner. If that's what makes you happy and makes you feel good, then, then do that. Um, within the reason I don't make it a leader of ice cream. Um, but I'm all about just feeling good and genuinely being well. Fortunately, that usually involves exercise <laughs> and health and wellness. Yeah. But that's a component of what I... That's Those are just branches off the trunk of what I believe. Great. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming out and, and sharing your story. I, I think yeah. I appreciate, uh, you know, some of it might not have been comfortable sharing, but yeah. uh, I think, uh, no, I appreciate it. And whoever's listening, yeah. I'm sure. Let me tell you, whoever is listening, I was talking like nobody was listening. Um, so I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.